Yellow. Oh, hello. Mm. Hi, girlfriend. Hi, boyfriend. How are you doing? I'm, I'm all right. <sighs> That's good. I am so tired. Yes. I'm so are, very are we, tired. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. You haven't even said hello to our audience. You just said hello to each other. How rude and fucking selfish. And unprofessional of us. Really downright rude. We all know how professional we are, (laughs) how much money we make off of this. What are we even fucking doing? I mean, if we're not going to fight to sustain this media empire, we've been building for years. We have so many ads. And like, what are they even paying us for? (laughs) And that Patreon that we have. Oh, yeah. That Patreon. Yeah, that we live off of totally. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. What we was don't I have thinking? stupid day jobs to keep us afloat. Nah. Nah. Um. Yeah. All right. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. Oh, there we are. <laughs> uh. Yeah. We're back. We missed Just last the week. amount we're of back. interest, the baseline interest we want to have in our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. Really, that was probably not a great impression there, but whatever. I doesn't care. They all know us. It doesn't care? It doesn't care. I do that all the time. <laughs> I get that wrong all the time. Do it all the time. What? What did I get wrong? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were out last week. We didn't make it last week. Uh, the reason yes. was that you and your baby <clears throat> veins were in a, uh, an emergency room. Yes, I had to take a little trippy because um, I woke up Tuesday morning. I have an IUD. And I woke up convinced that something was wrong with mm-hmm. it, specifically. And I had dreams about it that morning. And I woke up freaking out mm-hmm. and made you help me check yep. if it was okay. It was fine. Um, it looked it okay like it from, from what from, we could tell. From but, my point of view, everything was okay. <laughs> of course. So um, I brushed it off. Like, I just had a weird dream and I was being paranoid. But mm-hmm. then I really didn't feel great. Um, but I was like, What's, what are the odds that I woke up thinking that and it's really that? And it's kind of a rare thing yeah. for, you know, something to go wrong with that anyway. So, um, Basically now two days later is when you... It's, yeah, it's, the following day, Wednesday, Yeah, um, it started to hurt a lot more and really feel weird. So I called my doctor and I tried to get a hold of her nurse to see, like, if I could at least get some feedback on what I should do because I don't have insurance for another month. So I don't want to go somewhere if I couldn't, you know, if it wasn't going to help me. Mm-hmm. But I just played phone tag with them all day. And then by the time I left work, I felt a little better. Yeah. So I was like, uh, it's fine. So I went home, went here and was getting ready to do the podcast. And then I was hurting a lot worse. Um, and it was, it, it got worse every time I sat down. So we decided just to go to the emergency room and figure it out. Uh, they did a CAT scan. Well, first they mangled my, my arm. I have a really bad bruise because, uh. It's been a week and it's still there. Yeah. That's a pretty intense bruise. I also heal slowly. Really slowly, apparently. That's a Yeah, really I'll dark... have bruises for a long time. That's it's a... a lot lighter than it was, though. I guess so. It's just weird that it's still that dark a week later. Yeah, my bruises take a while to go away. I guess so. And they did a number on me. Yeah. I have tiny baby veins. You get those little bitty, bitty baby veins. They had to try like three times, mm-hmm. and on the third try they got it, but they... They gave me an IV and they had taken blood from the same spot and they had to flush it a couple times. There was a whole to do. And 
And it was so I have a really bad bruise. It's gnarly. But um, the then they did a CT scan and they found out that there was something wrong mm-hmm. with my IUD. Fucking called it. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it's like the trust your dreams. <laughs> all of them. All of them. They're all real. If you dream that your neighbor tries to kill you with a rubber chicken. Then don't let don't, him anywhere near rubber chicken. If you see a rubber anymore. chicken, you just call the police. Right. Don't even talk to that guy anymore. The do- oh, my God. The dog's driving me insane. Oh, my God. Dog, stop. <laughs> I, seriously, I can't make it through one podcast without having to watch him chew his butt for an hour. We could always put the cone oh on. Oh, my God. I hate it so much. Are you, are you okay? No, I, mean, I can't deal. Please continue. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they... What the radiologist at the emergency room said is that it looked like it was slightly out of place, like slightly lowered and rotated. Yeah. But still, they gave me the impression it appeared to be in the uterus, just slightly out of place, and that they couldn't do anything about it. So I had to check in with my doctor anyways, which I was super thrilled about because what am I even paying you for? (laughs) So off insurance. So I um, went to my doctor the next day. And she originally was like, well, if if what they said is true, then I'm not concerned. As long as it's where it should be, like, as long as it's in the uterus, it's doing its job and we're good. Yeah. And I was like, well, like, I'm in a significant amount of pain, so something's got to be wrong. Yeah. And she checked and it was not in my uterus. It was at all in my cervix. Yeah. Like about to come through. Yeah. Um. She could feel it when she checked, which is not a good sign. No, that's not So normal. it had to be taken out, and I immediately felt better. And I was a little sore and achy and crampy the rest of that day, but after that, I've been fine. So well, that was the dang old culprit. The, so <laughs> The dang old culprit. <laughs> Sorry I missed the episode, but I was freaking out. Well, the thing is, too, you were like, you know, after this episode, I think I really ought to go to the doctor. It's like, <laughs> no, we really just ought to go to the doctor. Yeah. I don't really... I was ready to put you guys first. <laughs> yes. Yes, if you're listening, my girlfriend was going to put your listening of an episode of a show tonight, or that night, in front of the health of her own uterus. Yeah. So that's how much she cares about this show. <laughs> and how little I care for my uterus. <laughs> Fair enough. By contrast, like if I have like even like a if the like a if, if I if I just have a mildly bad day, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> That's I can't. not really accurate. But well, still. Um, <sighs> in other news, moving yes. away from my uterus. <laughs> the Christy Davenport story. <laughs> um, we have tried some interesting sodas recently. Yeah, we have. I guess this makes sense. <laughs> Yes, this is worth talking about. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by them. Sugary things we put in our faces this week. So we have tried mango Pepsi. Yes. I say it's a thumbs up. Mango Pepsi is way better than I thought it was going to be. Basically, here's the thing. It's not complicated. Right. It's literally mango juice and Pepsi. So when this goes away, all you have to do is buy mango juice and add it to your Pepsi. Yeah, right. It's literally what it tastes like. It's not any more complicated than that. Yeah, so you, like, get the taste of Pepsi, and then a couple seconds later, mango. Mango. It's, it's good. I like it. I like mango. It's great. It's very sweet. Uh, it's uh, The mango flavor is a good flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, caught me off guard. I didn't expect it to be that good. What's funny is just, like, 
there's just this battle between Pepsi and Coke. Yeah, these like, guys who can like, do what weirder thing with fruit? Yeah, like I think they're just they're just so bored. Well, there so there's <laughs> cherry Coke and there's cherry Pepsi. Sure. And at some point they all did the like lime. They did the lemon or lemon lime. They thing. did the the vanilla thing. And then there was cherry vanilla Pepsi. Okay. Now, Coke never did a cherry vanilla. They only have cherry. So oh, then. Right. They came out with orange vanilla. Right. Which is also surprisingly good. It's um, a good idea anyway. I never tried it. Oh, no, I did try it. I, I gave it you some right. of it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So then, as an answer to that, we now have these weird flavors like uh, lime Pepsi and mango Pepsi. Yeah. And then we also have Mountain Dew. Freedom. Liberty Brew. Freedom. Freedom Soda. Um, which I guess is in honor of like Fourth of July. I think that's it came the out idea. just before Memorial Day. So. Yeah, I think that's partially it. It's it. Yeah, right. Because we're 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 hitting basically the most patriotic, the patriotic time of the, times of the year. It's basically Patriot Christmas. Yes, this is when America <laughs> is at her most free. <laughs> um. Now, now the selling point of Liberty Brew is that is. It contains 50 flavors, one for each of the 50 states. Now, they don't specifically spell out what all the 50 flavors are. No, they don't. Um, I haven't gone looking on the internet, but it's not that important to me. No, it's I sort of like, even if we did track it down, it wouldn't be like you could possibly (laughs) identify any of them and all that. I just want to know what flavor Ohio is. You know, I doubt they even thought that disappointment. Deep. I don't even the know. The flavor if just... is disappointment. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the taste of being trapped in uh, four walls of corn. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't think you could really. I don't even know if they assigned each state a flavor. No, I don't or think what. they really did. They were just like, let's throw some shit together. And probably a lot of those flavors are like, oh, it's like cherry three. Yeah. Cherry five. Like, yeah. You know, like I, I sincerely doubt that. That's probably why they don't tell you. It's not like 50 in completely distinct flavors. Right. They just use 50 different flavorings. Right. Which there's already probably 50 different flavorings in any soda. In any given Mountain Dew, there's probably close to that. Yeah. So. Dr. Pepper alone's got how many, what, the 20 some odd different flavors that make up Dr. Pepper? Yeah. It's our secret recipe. So it's like, it's like a bluish color. Is Liberty it bluish? Brew? I think so. It's like a light, lightish blue. I know the can is. Uh, and then it it tastes okay. Like it, it's sweet yeah. and vaguely fruity. Yeah. And that's it's about it. It's I, fine. To me, it mostly kind of does taste like a like a like a cherry or berry flavor at the end of it all. Yeah. I insisted we got it because I had to know what freedom tastes like. I I know what freedom tastes like. <laughs> And uh, I didn't want to spoil your fun, but freedom is almost definitely the taste of a Baconator at 3 a.m. Because <laughs> if you're eating that, right. if you're eating that, no one tells you what to do. That's true. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to clog my arteries actually, at any time of day. Actually, come to think of it. Uh, so what? Wendy's closes at like, what, like four or something like that? Or like, like real, real late? Is it even that late? I think it's pretty late. Maybe it's not. They might close earlier than that. I don't know. I never go to Wendy's that late because I'm not truly free. No, neither am I. <laughs> if you're eating Wendy's Baconator <laughs> at 3 a.m., you are truly free. And also, you've broken into Wendy's <laughs> and you're made, you've made your own Baconator. Well, that, that's how free you are. That's what I was thinking is like, wait a minute, at 3 a.m., what does that actually mean? Like, because if they close really early, it could also be like, you just had a Baconator you didn't eat for hours. <laughs> 
Which begs the question, how or, much food did you get? <laughs> or you're a felon. <laughs> or you're a felon. Hey, that happened around here. That do you remember that dude that broke into uh the the, the lodge or whatever it was, or like uh Antones or something? Oh. A dude like it broke in familiar. and like just made himself chicken tendies while the police arrived. I mean that's fair. I, you know. <laughs> If you're going to break into anywhere and steal anything. Why chicken tendies? They got to have something better than that. I don't know. It's, that's a steak. lot more work. Steal a damn steak. Yeah, but you, if you're, I assume if you're breaking in at that time in the morning, you're also drunk. Probably. Probably going to have a really hard time cooking a steak to order. So did he like use the deep fryer? <laughs> that's a great, I don't know. And do they just like, do they not clean it at the end of the night? You could, did he just heat it up himself? How did this, I have questions. I now have more questions than I had before. And I need answers. <sighs> we better figure out who, what actually happened and who did it. Yeah, it's, I'm uh, going to write this yeah, down. Let's put that on our goose chase know. list. Dog, stop it. Bo, jeez. This need is going to actually drive me insane. About drunk Antone's guy in the tendies. <laughs> And the tendies. <laughs> I need to know about the tendies. The tendies. Yeah, that happened. That's all I know. You got anything else? Uh, not really. I don't know. Um, we've been having a fun time. Uh, we're we're about to wrap up uh, in a couple of days, or no, tomorrow actually. We're about to wrap up a very <laughs> quick run through of Spaced. That's right. Which I didn't even know existed. Nor, well, I knew it existed, and I had wanted to watch it, and I never got around to it. Um, until our friend Dan kind of insisted yeah. that we watch it because we were talking one night, um, about other things we liked and he mentioned it, was it after he was on this podcast it. last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it was, was that night. two weeks ago now. Yeah. yeah. And so the week after he was on the podcast, we started watching it. Yeah. And it's been, it's been. <laughs> That's another podcast. Um, <laughs> no one knows what that is. Also another podcast. Yes. Um. No, it's it was really good. We watched the whole first season in one night. Yeah, it's so what it is basically is just a story about Simon Pegg, and now I wish I knew what her name was. I, I, <sighs> I don't remember her real so name. so much more of a and recognizable my, my person. My phone is so far away. Yeah. Anyway, these uh, these two that move into an apartment uh, and pretend to be dating because they have to because the apartment will only rent was to a couple for a young professional couple or something like that. And what it ends up being is the a story about the way that the two of them get along or don't get along, and uh, some of the some of the strange uh, ways that they interact <laughs> with themselves and their neighbors. And it's a really great. It's a really great show. It's super surreal, and it it yeah. like has the hallmarks of like what would become their sort of style. For yeah, years what I what I come. really do like about it is that you really do see them in it. Like I I watched that show and went, okay, that was like a Scott Pilgrim moment. Yeah. Okay, like th that's something they do in later movies. Okay, there's this. At one point, he jumps over a fence, and we're like, yeah. Yeah. There's an editing style. There's a sense of humor, and there is a there's like fast cuts, and yeah. then there's like kind of like looking away and having dreamy moments. It's <laughs> it's so and there's a joke every other sentence. Yeah. It it hits. It's, it's really good. But it's not just reminiscent of their later stuff. It's like reminiscent of later television. Like yeah. it really seems clear to me that like. The cult following mm. that this show had. It inspired a lot of people. Yeah, it inspired probably quite a few film people or people that made TV. TV. People. Like, you know, uh, you can just kind of see it's like part of the, the comedy DNA. Yeah, and I, specifically I really like that. we were talking about like there were cut scenes that were reminiscent of like Family Guy to us. But this yeah, came right. out before Family Guy well started. Before. So we're like, okay, like that that wasn't the first show that did that. This, yeah. 
because we we kind of I mean I feel at least me when Family Guy came on television I thought oh look at this thing they're doing this unique cutaway gag style I've never seen this anywhere else yeah <clears> and I feel like I hadn't well we hadn't seen Spaced right and, but that, and maybe they apparently some people had they might not have created that either but certainly like I don't know it's part of the comedy DNA is what I'm trying to say like, yeah you can see a lot of it's really good we also oh. discovered that I am the lead female character yep almost <laughs> definitely um. So basically, she did something really weird, and then our friend Jen whipped her head around and <laughs> stared at me accusingly, and I was like, what? She's like, that's you. And I was like, no. And every one of you was like, yes, it is. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> All right. And then the more of the show we watched, I was like, sorry. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, a little bit. What I do. Um, other than that, I don't think we have that much to catch up on. No, I um, think we're th- we did a pretty good job catching up. So it seems like maybe now it's time for a different thing. Yeah. Maybe something, something, something else. fun. Something. Lighthearted. Yeah, something with like, like a, a... kind of quiz kind of thing. Like a, some kind of a game. Yeah. You know what? I actually have something in mind. I haven't played it in a long time. Maybe you would be Scrabble? interested. Scrabble? No. Oh, okay. What is it then? It's called Trues and Fnews. Oh, cool. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's time for truths and truths. Time to play truths and truths. Time to play truths Everyone's playing, everyone's playing a famous game, famous game, the game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for truths and a Merv Griffin production. Truths and Fnews it is. Truths and Fnews. Mm-hmm. Well, Truths and Fnews is a delightful little game where I will give you two false news headlines, which I made up, otherwise known as Fnews. One true news headline, the truths, and you gotta guess which is which. Huh. Are you ready? No, not at all. I need you to explain this to me at least three more times. Um, okay, we're going to stop this, and you're just going to listen to what I just said two more times. All right. All right. All right. Now, I think I get it now. <laughs> Great, because I'm not playing it again. <laughs> now, are you ready? Yeah, I think so. What do you got? First news headline. Okay. Lebanese monkey escapes nun's farm, infiltrates border, drives Israelis nuts. <laughs> that feels That feels real. That feels super real. Are you ready but, for the next one? Yes. Trained monkey detained for pickpocketing picks owner out of lineup. Uh, I'm sensing a theme. Yeah. Is this monkey news? <laughs> <laughs> this is primate news. Okay. But lastly, bees are making a comeback and we can thank the chimpanzees. Oh. Okay. This has been Trues and Fnews Primate News. <laughs> it's reminding me of Carl Pilkington's Monkey News, but it's really like <laughs> Monkey Trues and Monkey Fnews. Yes. Damn. All right. I need to hear those again. I am not sure where I'm going with this one. All right. Lebanese monkey escapes nun's farm, infiltrates border, drives Israelis nuts. You really like saying that. <laughs> say it with a straight face. It makes me so happy. <laughs> okay. Trained monkey detained for pickpocketing picks owner out of lineup. Oh my god, that's so weird. Okay. Lastly, bees are making a comeback and we can thank the chimpanzees. <clears throat> wow. 
It's yeah. really hard when it's monkeys or, <laughs> <laughs> or chimps, Chim- I guess. Well, it's primates. Yeah. I just, it's really hard because I don't know what those guys could be getting into. Yeah, they they're, do all kinds of shit. They're just a wacky bunch. They throw their poo. They mm-hmm. eat their poo. Mm-hmm. They eat faces off of uh, off of people sometimes. Mm-hmm. They might eat people's poo if given the chance. Probably. They do a lot of stuff about poo, but also other things. <laughs> One of my favorite videos of all time <clears throat> is that gorilla that like eats its poop and then throws it up and then eats it again. <laughs> you have interesting tastes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I never stopped being like 13 with that. I'm just yeah. like, show me the grossest Same. stuff. Um, wow. Okay. Um, well, I'm leaning away from the, fr- oh, shit. I'm leaning towards all of them. <laughs> realistically. That's wow. That's a lot of leaning. That's a lot. Yeah. In several different directions. I'm leaning in three directions at once. That's kind of like not leaning in any direction. <laughs> That's I'm standing straight up. Yes. And uh, maybe you got like a, a weird maybe yeah. little tilt to you. I don't even have a good reason, but <laughs> I'm tempted to say it's the pickpocket. It's but I'm not Do you need to hear them one more time? Yeah, you know what? Honestly, give them to me one more time. I really <laughs> This is a tough one for this you. This is a really I've Wasn't never expecting it. I've never been this conflicted. Yeah, you haven't. We've it's, never done a, a triple repeat. Yeah. All right. Lebanese monkey escapes nun's farm, infiltrates border, drives Israelis nuts. <laughs> okay. Trained monkey detained for pickpocketing, picks owner out of lineup. Uh Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Bees are making a comeback and we can thank the chimpanzees. See, I know that bees are making a comeback, but I don't think it's got anything to do with the chimpanzees. (laughs) You're so angry. I don't think it has anything to do with the chimpanzees. I don't think we can fairly give the chimpanzees credit for this at all. I'm really, I'm quite stumped, but I'll tell you what, just I'm going for it. I think that pickpocket... Monkey picked the guy out of a lineup. I think I know that that's wordplay. That feels wrong. Oh, no, no. Just no. pick one, Dave. Okay, number one. Go to number one. Finally, it's, it's really border. Yes. That's the truth. Yes! Yes! <laughs> you got it. I have never been more conflicted. Oh, I almost had oh, you. Oh, my God. Yes, I know. I, I wanted it to be all of them. <laughs> You wanted it to be a Lebanese monkey who is also a pickpocket and is helping the bees come back with some chimpanzee so friends? So badly. <laughs> so I wanted it all to be the same The same one. Well, one's a monkey and one's a chimpanzee. They're not the same. Well, you know. I mean, maybe they're the same thing. Maybe no, they're not. No, Jen and Mel would who rip can, you apart right who now. Can, who can even tell? Our anthropology they're... friends are so mad at you. They're basically the same. Oh my god! Thing, right? They're gonna, they're gonna get a monkey and a chimpanzee to throw poop at you. I'm gonna get hurt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I I often use those words interchangeably, uh, and I know that that's wrong. It's wrong. I know that it's wrong. You're wrong. But also, I mean, what is even science? I mean, there's no such thing as consensus, right? Magnets. I mean, yeah, right. How do those work? How do Everything's work? miracles. <laughs> Basically, we live in a postmodern era where truth means nothing, and I can believe whatever I want. The United States story. <laughs> yup. 
<laughs> nah, uh, just kidding. So tell, do you have any more on this, the Lebanese monkey that, oh, you, you need your phone, which uh-huh. is just ever so slightly just out of your out reach. Just out of reach. There we, here uh, we go, yes. I had to... To plug it in, yeah, I I would like to know more about this. Okay, let what me was, find the Lebanese monkey. I'm assuming it was a boy monkey because for some reason that narrative makes sense in my head. What does the gender matter? I don't know. He's a prankster. And women can be pranksters. That's true, but he's a he's a naughty little boy. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not sure on the on the gender. Um, a monkey has been spotted in northern Israel after apparently crossing the Lebanese border. The monkey escaped the Ship of Peace farm in southern Lebanon and has been spotted in several locations in northern Israel. A local Lebanese outlet reported that the monkey had escaped from the farm of a French nun named Beatrice Marjorin in the Koza Kuza village in Bint Jabil area. That's a lot of words that are very difficult for me to pronounce, say, and I apologize. I'm sure I botched all of them. I was going to say, those are all new words. <clears throat> the farm from which the monkey fled is called Ship of Peace. Mm-hmm. According to reports, the site is intended to be a safe place, welcoming Muslims, Jews, and Christians. Hmm. The monkey, um, who is actually a Satanist, uh, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, which likely belongs to a species from the African savanna, has been seen in several locations in northern Israel. This article has repeated itself several times. Yeah. Including the communities of Zerit and Herfesh, but has yet to be captured. Hmm. The Lebanese report offered a monetary reward for the return of the monkey. That's... What do they want with this monkey? I don't know. Why <clears throat> Why can't he just go and do whatever uh, he wants? The only thing I can think is... He's it's probably not an area that is, like, actually for monkeys. Like, monkeys aren't supposed to be there. It's like if a monkey was released into Youngstown. Yeah. There's a monkey in all around. We'd be like, okay, that's fine, but, like, you're going to get hurt or, yeah. like, be, like, hurt someone else because you're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And all that you, stuff. You're going to get, like, hit by a car or you're going to freeze. Well, like, it's like that time that bear was walking around Youngstown. Oh, man. I just... I just pictured if there was a monkey in Youngstown, I would build him a nice little warm shack in my backyard. He could just live in his own house. <laughs> That's not really how monkeys work. Yeah, but it could be. It could be. You're just going to have a monkey shack? I'm going to build a monkey house for him. Okay. We're going to talk about <laughs> keeping wild animals. I'm, I'm just saying we have to keep him safe, you know, if he's going to live here. Or we call someone like a wildlife I'm just saying I want to have a monkey. Reserve I just and... want a monkey to live in my backyard. All right. Well, you're allowed to want that. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think uh, I think time has run out on Trues and Fnews. Yes. Uh, can't believe I got that one. Feeling pretty good about Man, that. I almost had you. You almost did. <sighs> yeah. You good got, job. Yeah, you got pretty close. I think it's time for the middle segment. Middle segment time. All right. All right. So we have kind of a special middle segment. Yeah. You've been kind of like making this big mystery out of this thing for like a while here. And yeah. it only just occurred to me that you had to make something. You had to go upstairs and put something in the microwave. Yes. So we had a discussion the other night. All right. I don't even remember what we were talking about exactly. But I said something. I compared it. To eating cheese on apple pie. Oh, no. I was like, yeah, it's like having cheese on apple pie. Oh, no. And you were like, what? 
and I repeated myself, and you didn't believe me that this was a thing. So I told you I was going to make it a middle segment, and I was going to do some research, and I was going to find out. So I did just that. Okay. <clears throat> Are you going to make me eat cheese on an apple pie? <laughs> you don't have to, but oh. everyone will probably be disappointed in you if you don't. This is the worst. <laughs> if, you get me, if you ask me to do anything on microphone or people will be disappointed, I'll probably do it. Okay, so I'm okay. I'm trying to find the article that I read here. Okay. Um, where is it? That's a bibimbap recipe. <laughs> here it is. Dead air. It's not dead. It's okay. bibimbap. Okay. Um, so I found an article on Atlas Obscura. Okay. The long storied controversy over cheese on apple pie. Some love it. Some hate it. Some have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I was that one. So the the gist of this is that it began in England. Uh, they began wrapping apples into in into edible containers known as coffins. Um, yeah, that's creepy. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so so that's where it started, and the the origins of this at the time. So there wasn't. They didn't have freezers. So you couldn't eat ice cream on this like we a lot of us do today. Okay. The pie a la mode. Um, and at the time, they probably weren't using a whole lot of sugar and other things to make it taste better. So right. these pies tended to be kind of bland. Also, the apples they had weren't as sweet as the ones we have now. Yeah. There were fewer varieties. So um, they didn't have much to jazz it up with. Right. So that's the origin of putting cheese on pie. And I also England's known for having more savory yeah. pies. Like yeah, we don't right. really aside from like pot pie and like shepherd's pie, we don't do too many savory pies. Yeah, I agree. I can't think so, of that many of them. <clears throat> so don't yell at me and tell me all the savory pies you eat. <laughs> That's not to me, right? So in no, no, I'm to our audience. Okay, cool. Um, and <laughs> you can tell me what savory pies you eat if you want to later. Okay. Um, only in 1697 did the concept reach the United States through European immigrants. Um, the USA has laid claim to the iconic dessert, a process that was crystallized when a 1902 New York Times article lambasted an English writer. Is it lambasted or lambasted? I think it's lambasted. An English writer for complaining that eating apple pie more than two times a week was excessive. This is what he said. <clears throat> okay. Again, 1902. Yeah, right. Twice a week is utterly insufficient as anyone who knows the secret of our strength as a nation and the foundation of our industrial supremacy must admit Pie is the American synonym of prosperity, and its varying contents the calendar of changing seasons. Pie is the food of the heroic. No pie-eating people can be permanently vanquished. These are some very strong words about pie, and I now understand why we have the obesity problem we have, because we are all about eating all of that pie all of the time. I would so rather the controversial and angry articles I had to read <laughs> be, be about, about pie? pie than about the lib cucks ruining America. Yeah. Why I mean, do, Why is that? Why Why can't I be bored of that timeline? Go back to 1902 and I will not see you there because <laughs> I had zero rights. <laughs> it just, it's just, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, don't do that. Anyway, 
I'll no, be, don't I'll, go back in time. I'll be back after I've eaten a lot of pie. Don't take me back in time with you. <laughs> um, anyway. <clears throat> so, yeah, there people eat cheese on their pie. There are a bunch of variations of this. The um, what standard kind of cheese. The standard is a good sharp cheddar. You gotta be kidding me. Nope. Standard is a good sharp cheddar. Though people eat it other ways or eat other cheeses on it. There are a bunch of variations. Some people bake the cheese into the crust, which I've heard from several people is very good. Probably is, actually. I, I can't lie. Cheese crust is probably good. <laughs> yeah. So, I didn't stop there. Oh, no. No. I I took a poll. Did you really? <laughs> I took a poll. Um, you're no longer <coughs> on Facebook, so I didn't have to worry about you seeing it. Yeah. But on our goose chase, yeah. I, I took a poll there and I shared it. So, I got some data that way, data. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is our it's very professional. Research. I've got data, <laughs> so it's pretty well mixed, actually. Okay, um, pretty good mix. I gave people three options that they have or they would try it. Um, they would never try it. It's sacrilege. And what are you talking about? Why would you put cheese on pie? <laughs> I was pretty even across the board between the three. Really? Um, someone said, I love sharp cheddar cheese in the crust. Uh, someone said their partner's family does it. So uh-huh. it's, uh, she. this is Kirsten. She said, strange but tolerable, I guess. Occasional event. Wow. Um, <clears throat> someone said they never tried it, but they would. Uh, Adam said, well, he flipped, he gave me the flipping off emoji. Sure. And said, for asking. <laughs> um, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's the general breakdown of it. Okay. I didn't stop there, though, because oh I wanted more people. I needed more <laughs> feedback. This wasn't scientific enough. What did you do? I went to one of the groups that I regularly am in on Facebook. Oh, my God. And I posed the question there. And oh they God. were very good sports. <laughs> Not only did I ask them to take this poll, I also asked if they would respond with um, where they're from Yeah, in the comments along with what their answer <clears throat> to the poll was. So I could see if there's any, like, common ground of where this is a thing in the United States. Because it seems like... That article I read you part of said it's mostly seems to be a Midwest thing in the United States. Yeah, Um, that makes sense, right? So let me read you the results. I just can't see the coast doing this. This is definitely a Midwest thing. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the the first response that got the most votes, 252 votes. Oh, my God. I know that this is a thing, but it is not my thing. That was a response that was added um, by someone else and got the most votes. Okay. Um, I would lump that together with no, that's gross. They're both no's. I wouldn't need it. Okay. Um, But no, that's gross only got 30 votes. Okay. So the majority was, it's a thing. I know it exists. Not my thing. Yeah. Right. Second most votes, 178, was what are you talking about? Third, I haven't tried it, but I would with 94 votes. How the hell did you get over 400 people <laughs> to respond this to a Facebook question group. about pie and cheese? It's a Facebook what, group. What is happening? It's a poll. Polls do well. I guess so. Um, <clears throat> it's engaging. Uh, 49 votes. Yes, I love it. Mm, okay. Two votes. Apple pie without the cheese is like a hug without the squeeze. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is a saying. This is a real saying. Is it actually? It was also in that article. This is a thing. Wait, people love it that much that they've invented a cute, faulty yes. expression around it. Yes. I also think I've seen it as uh, apple pie without the cheese is like a kiss without the squeeze. Wait, what is a hog without the squeeze? What is the squeeze on the hog? Hug. 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 Hug without oh. the squeeze. I think said hog. No. I was like, who's squeezing the hogs? <laughs> <laughs> The people who eat the cheese on the pie. I guess you have dessert and you go out and you give your hog you a hug. You give your hog a good squeeze. Um, and then one person uh, added a response. It's my thing and a family thing that goes back to my great grandmother. Mm. It's like something they do in their family. Um, so of some of my favorite responses, I I had a couple things I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Those those are were basically what I was expecting. Oh, okay. But when people added details, <clears throat> I was uh, thrilled by all of this. Yeah. The first response I got was from someone that says, um, basically, they've been aware of it. It sounds like a great idea, but ew, because they don't eat cooked fruit. So it's not their thing because of the cooked fruit, not because of the cheese. I thought they that were zigging and they were zagging. That just blew my mind. I know. They're not the only one. There are several people that are like, don't do cooked fruit. Wow. But there are also several people who said they regularly eat cheese with raw apples, so they understand the appeal. There are people that even said they have cheese and apple sandwiches several times a week. I've never heard of that. I'm not going to knock it. I would probably try it. This is <clears throat> blowing my mind. Yeah. Um, the way the other half lives. There's there's a bunch of the other half. <laughs> there's a bunch of responses. So I wrote a couple of the interesting things down. Um, several people said they like it with cheese on the crust. And several people said it's like a family thing. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really pin down a pattern of like, like location. It seemed like generally in the South, not a thing. Yeah. Although someone said it's everywhere in Tennessee. So I don't really know. And then there's someone that said their grandpa in either dad or grandpa in um, northern New York ate it all the time. But then there mm -hmm. are other people from the eastern states in New York that are like, nope. There are other people that are like, I think it's an eastern state thing because I've seen it there. And then there are people like, it's a Midwest thing. Wisconsin people were like, yeah, it's a thing here, but a lot of them hadn't tried it. It's all up in the air. Wisconsin makes sense. Yeah, because it's a cheese They're going to put cheese on everything. Yeah. I get that. There were lots of, um, I don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> in the comments. Sure. <clears throat> it, it really ran the gamut. It was very interesting. It's one of those things that just seems to be in pockets, it seems yeah. to be maybe like a family tradition a lot of times. Um, I can't get a really good bead on like where specifically in the United States. It's not like the entire Midwest because yeah. a lot of people are missed by this. Um, even people who were lived in one state and moved to another state yeah. were like, no, nah, I totally <laughs> miss this. I'm fairly certain people here don't do that. <laughs> there are people in the states that do that. All these people were from the states. Well, I mean, in, in, in Ohio, in this part of Ohio, I'm fairly certain this is not a common thing. I feel like I would have heard about it by now. I heard about it. Well, only just recently. It wasn't, over it wasn't recently. Really? I mean, I can't remember when it was. It was probably at least a couple years ago. Right. But it just seems like if it was really common here, we would have known about this sooner. Yeah, I don't know. 
It's a thing. I guess. It's a thing. You're gonna so, make, you're gonna make me eat it. You don't have to. <laughs> you know I have to. What are you but, talking oh, about? Also, sorry for the bag sounds. Oh my people. god, so roughly. Um. Oh my god. The reason I had to go excuse myself to prepare this was because I was told by several people. First of all, it has to be sharp cheddar cheese. That's what many said. Okay. And they also said it has to be a warm slice of apple pie with cold cheese on top of it. Oh, my God. I had to get my cold (laughs) cheese slices out of the fridge and putting them on the warm apple pie that I just warmed up. This. I'm being super extra right now. I genuinely can't believe what I'm looking at. I have to take a picture of this. This is is so weird to me just to even look at. Do you want to eat a piece of this cheese to confirm that it's a sharp cheddar? I will. I'll be the cheese judge here. Boba Mm. also wants to be a cheese judge. Hmm. It's quite sharp. It's sharp cheddar. Yes. Here, here goes the rest of my piece. This is weirding me out. There's a fork for you and a fork for me. <laughs> I am prepared. Hold on. I want to get a picture of this pie. I did. I want to get a picture, okay. too. In I, case I forget to get it off of you. I just can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, you would think, okay, this must be relatively, relatively uncommon. It can't be that common. Fairly common. I mean, we come from a place that does a bunch of things nobody recognizes. Down under. Mm, right. No. Do you All want right. me to go first, or do you want to go first? I think we should just go in at the same time here. All right. I we're getting little little biteies on our fork. Yeah, try to get just this this front tip of the slice. It's got the cheese on it. <laughs> You're having a hard time. I'm trying to be surgical about this. I'm doing a really yeah, bad I job. Yeah, I just of dove it. on in. There we go. All right. All right. Hold on. Excuse our eating sounds, people. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I'm into it. I like it. Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons people say they like it is because it's like savory, sweet, salty, sweet kind of thing. And chocolate covered pretzels. I should have known that my reaction to this would be what it is, which is it's like salted caramel. It's just exactly what it just takes one thing, two things that are good. And it, yeah, it's a nice middle. Yeah. It's not bad. You were very vehemently against it the other night. I was very opposed. You I said you would not try it. On <clears throat> on principle, I would not accept that you did it when there's a microphone in front of my face. <laughs> I, have yep. to, I have to do it then. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is you've made me sacrifice my personal principles and I'm deeply ashamed. Mm. That's what having a podcast is. <laughs> I can't believe it. I guess I should have expected this. But it's not bad. That's a result. We yeah. like cheese on apple pie. Yeah, both of these things are great things by themselves. This fucking dog will not go away. <clears throat> mm. uh, he's he's scouting for more cheese. Mm-hmm. Here, he can have the last couple slices. Hmm. I pie all over my fur. Can you see it? <laughs> hmm. Wow. Sorry for the dog's eating sounds also, if they can hear that. Um. Yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah, so I think that's a successful middle segment. This I did a little research. I uh, did a poll. <laughs> <laughs> that it was actually really fun doing that. Yeah. So um, that's actually, you know, you were saying data, and I was like, okay, of fifteen respondents, nope, this is data. yeah. <laughs> it was like this a is lot hundreds, bigger. Hundreds of people. I knew I had to go to a group that I'm in because I would get a wider pool of people from yeah. more places. 
And this group is particularly responsive. So, well, if you're listening to this and you voted on this poll, um, just so you know, yeah, I think this made believers out of both of us. Yeah, thank you for your feedback. If you're here from the group and you, you know, participated in that poll, it was very useful and fun. I kind of want to do more of these in the future. Yeah, right. So, if anyone has like a controversial topic, yeah, somewhat lighthearted, please, that you would, uh, like us to no politics. Yeah, right. And like us to do a poll on. I'd love to do that again. And yeah, I would eat cheese on pie. You know, I'm starting to th- I think to myself, it is like a hug without the squeeze to not put on the cheese. Yeah. Or a hog without the squeeze. Or a hog without the squeeze, whatever that means. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is you're out there right now and you're considering this topic. Go out back. Give the hog a hug. He needs one. <clears throat> yeah. And then maybe eat some cheese on some pie. Yeah. It, wow. I don't know why it's specifically apple pie. I kind of get it because it's like a mild flavor that's bolstered by lots of sugar. Yeah. So toning it down with like the savory. Anything super tart. Like yeah, would I was going to say really that weird. wouldn't be as good. Like apple apple pie tends to not be really tart apples. Yeah. It tends to be like a sort of like a mellow middle of the road. I just spilled pie on the notebook. Oh, no. That's bad. Oh, no. Oh, my God. You have to eat. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I cleaned yeah. it up by eating it. It's okay. I can see it. You know, the other thing is like pie crust is vaguely savory too. Um, yeah. So it's not like it's that out of bounds here. I would totally eat a cheese crust. Yeah, I would with too. pie, that'd be good. Um, well, okay, all right. Dog. You've convinced You're, me. We're done with the cheese, dog. I have uh, sacrificed my principles. I have changed. Uh, I uh, come out of this podcast deeply different than I went into it, and I am um, deeply you know, ashamed. My only goal. Every podcast is to make you sacrifice your principles. Slowly break me down. Yeah. I mean, that's also my goal in our relationship, (laughs) so it works. Uh, Well, anyway, thanks to the respondents, and uh, thank you to Pi for existing. And uh, why don't we take a little break? And and to Giant Eagle for having both sharp cheddar cheese and pie on any given day. Yeah, every single day. (laughs) Um, So we'll take a break. We'll come back in a minute with the main segment for this episode. All right. All right. Really impressed with that cheese on pie. You know what? We I cleaned the again. plate. We did. It's part of the Clean Plates Club. It is. What's that it, it from? It's 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 uh binging with Babish. That's right, that's right, that's right. I was like, I know that's a reference to something. The exclusive Who did I club steal of, that uh, from? Yeah, it's the exclusive club of dishes he actually eats all of. Yeah. This this goes on there. Uh yeah, I'm impressed. I can't believe it. Um anyway. or, yeah, just again. To make it clear, <coughs> warm apple pie, cold piece of sharp cheddar. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. it'll 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 melt the cheese. It a melts little bit. a little bit. It'll make it a little. But it's malleable. got that nice effect of like couple cold bits while it's warm. And yeah, it's nice. I'm I like it. Just I can't believe it. And it doesn't taste like cheese when you're eating. Like it's not like oh no. cheese and also apple pie. It's like it all melts together. Yeah. That's, a thing that's what it, you don't think of when that, you're thinking about it. That's what I, that's what I was saying about like the crust being kind of savory. Like I think it yeah. just kind of becomes part of that. Yeah. It's all good. Anyway. I'm into it. Uh, so main segment time. Anyway. <sighs> I am talking today about something that has been on our list for a long time. Very long time. I think was it Jen that suggested this? I think it actually might have been. Yeah. Uh, this has been on here for maybe a year. It's an the, old the one. beginning, the very beginning. Oh, really? Yeah, because <laughs> she gave then. us like a list of several topics. That's right. A, a was, month or two in. Yeah, she gave us like like ten or twelve topics like that. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. Um, that Jen. This one is the Dyatlov Pass incident. <clears throat> um, this is. I don't know how well people know about this. To be honest, I didn't know about this until I had to research it. And you you said that you started researching it, and then you took a turn on something right. else that you found interesting. I came across something that made me want to research something else, and so I never came back to it. I mean, this was initially going to be episode uh, 70, of all things. Okay, so not too, too long ago. No, but just long so enough ago. So what was it that you ended up doing instead? I'll get to that, all right. because it's going to be a fun surprise. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> The Dyatlov Pass incident. Okay, so I wrote to start off as a way of an introduction. Uh, wilderness is a lot of things to a lot of people, right? Um, I think for a lot of people, people go to the woods to chill out, to, like, find some kind of peace. Um, it's also a place that's... To become in, an invisible eyeball. Right, a transparent, transparent eyeball. Transparent eyeball, that's amazing. That's the Emerson thing, right? Yeah. Um, I was just talking with my boss about that. It's funny you mentioned that. I th- I'd thought about that phrase in a long time. <laughs> the transcendentalists always made me laugh. God, those guys, those they were so high on their own farts. Mm, they really were. Also, probably pot. Also, yeah, they were high, probably high on whatever they found out there. You know, shrooms, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but like nature is this interesting thing because it's like a duality thing. Like it's it's very peaceful to us to go there and like reflect and like kind of like be like our most true and unobserved self, you know. But also incredibly dangerous. <clears throat> very dangerous. Very scary. Like a place where like we forget until we're out there that there's actually safety in numbers being a person. Man, you have some real experience in that when you took that trip. Yeah, right. I mean, the the <laughs> treasure hunt last summer coming up on a year ago now. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, I, you told me when you told the story on the podcast, and we've talked outside of that. But like, I think you had some real moments where you always, when you're going to do something, you have it in your head, but you, it's not real, it's not cemented, it's not. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be tough, but you don't know how tough until you're doing it. And I, I know you had some real moments where yeah. you were really afraid, yes, or thought you'd kind of gotten in over your head and hadn't planned for what you were experiencing. Yeah, so. between seeing what I thought was a bear and freaking out <laughs> and hearing rattlesnakes all over where we were camped and being pretty sure I was surrounded at one point by mountain lions, <laughs> none of which actually, like I didn't act, it was just something I thought it was, it was, it was very upsetting. Yeah. Um, you forget how comfortable it is to be where, where people are mm-hmm. and like animals are less because we yes. collectively have pushed them out, mm-hmm. you know? 
so nature is interesting that way. It's like a duality. And it's also like this thing that for a lot of people, it exists to be conquered. You know, like your mountain climbers of the world. And, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a reason that Everest has been like uh, scaled over and over and over again. There's like, a, a recent episode of My Favorite Murder where they talk about Everest and the many people who have died on Everest. Yeah. And it's very sad, but very interesting. It is. It's <laughs> the, the whole idea is interesting. The fact that this place really is kind of like it's the one. Yeah, that people well, have to climb one before thing they die. I didn't realize about it is that there are parts of Everest, like the summit of Everest, is so high up yeah. that it's actually not breathable air. Oh, I actually didn't realize it wasn't breathable up there. It's not. Like, after a certain point, it's not. So you're on a clock if you're doing it without assistance. Wow. You can take oxygen and use oxygen and you'll be okay yeah. if you don't fall or something else horrible doesn't happen but let's pray another 20 to 50 pounds you got to carry with you too but if you don't do that you're basically you have a ticking clock once you get to the summit you have to get down the other side and get down quick enough yeah and your brain is basically starting to starve as soon as that clock starts ticking yeah and you're not thinking straight necessarily and not to mention, the higher up you go, the air is thinner anyways. Yeah. So you've already not been getting as much oxygen as you're most likely used to. Yeah. Unless you've been, like, going up into high altitudes yeah. a lot. So it it's very dangerous, but it's become, like, not enough just to climb Everest because people have done that. So mm-hmm. there's people who are like, I want to be the first woman to do it without oxygen. <laughs> and it's a weird thing. Yeah, it is that, weird. Unfortunately, that one died. Like, yeah. it, it's it's dumb. <laughs> well, Why? It, but it, I also get it. It's like you, you need to conquer. You need to do the next new thing. You have to make a name for yourself. But On some level, this is what being a person is. And it's it's that, like... That the craving that rush, that high, that yeah. like accomplishment and and the thrill seeker thing. Yeah. I don't think you climb mountains if you're not a thrill seeker. Yeah. Or if you don't <laughs> got like something serious to prove. Like yeah. someone maybe didn't love you enough and now you're like, <laughs> I'm gonna go to the tallest place on earth. I mean <laughs> Let's not paint that broad a brush. Well, you but. know, I mean, that's that. The, the, there's some of those. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's some. There's a bunch of reasons. I'm sure why people do this. Right. No, it's not everybody. I'm just saying. Some of <laughs> You're them. You're saying most of them. <laughs> can, can we start over? <laughs> no. Anyway, that's um, a sort of a tangent, but yeah, that's it's that whole like yeah, incredibly uh, scary and dangerous, but also beautiful and. Yeah. Maybe worthwhile to some people. Uh, and I think there's a certain kind of person that wants to do that, obviously. And yeah. uh, so uh, today I'm talking about nature as a little bit of each of these things, um, which uh, will be sort of uh, made clear as I talk about the events of the Dyatlov or Dyatlov Pass incident. I'm going with Dyatlov for this. Okay. Um, it's an event about which little is still actually known <laughs> for sure, which is interesting. Um Theories exist about what happened here, and it will most likely never be fully explained. Uh, as you'll see, we only have so much record of what happened, and the rest is a lot of speculation. Fine, nature. Keep your secrets. Uh, what, we do, <laughs> what we do know uh, is that nine people who took off on a serious trek died. All right. How that happened is the mystery, right? So here's the setup. This starts February 1st to 2nd of 1959. Um, 
Nine, no, actually, uh, ten hikers in the northern Ural mutant mutants. <laughs> Damn it! Wow, Ural Mountains. Where's that? That is in Russia. It is in uh, northwest. It's northwest of Moscow, if I remember okay. correctly. Um, they are <clears throat> basically they're all these hikers are going to take off on a hiking and skiing expedition to earn their grade three hiking certification. Um, grade three for I didn't pass grade one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, grade... No, I mean elementary school. I didn't even pass grade oh. one. All right. <laughs> You went incredibly dead air on me, and I wasn't dead expecting air. it. Um, so, grade three is the highest. It doesn't sound like that much, but it really is. It's the highest grade of uh, <laughs> your your hiking certifications as they're awarded in the Soviet Union at the time. Um, right. The requirements of this is that you have to uh, hike 300 kilometers, basically 150 miles, 190 miles, sorry, in order to pass it. Um, and they're led by a guy named Igor Dyatlov. How many miles? 190 miles or 300 kilometers. It's pretty huge. Mm, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, 190. God, like, think. Like, what is 190 miles away from Youngstown, Ohio? How by, far is Chicago? Uh, well, it's farther, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, like, basically at 60 miles an hour, you would drive for... Two and a half plus hours at yeah. sixty miles an hour to go one hundred ninety miles. So it's a, it's a long way. Um, they and were, this isn't like this isn't you're not walking one hundred ninety miles like on paths. This is hiking one hundred ninety miles. So yeah. that's a significant difference. Gosh, I'm thinking about that's actually over three hours drive. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like it's like rough terrain and yes. wilderness. It's not like I'm just walking on sidewalks the whole time. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> it's scrappy. Mm -hmm. um, so they're led by a guy named Igor Dyatlov. Uh, now this mountain pass uh, that they approached on a mountain called Kolat Siaki, Siakol, Kolat Siakol, which is Dead Mountain, by the God way. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, it's, it, it translates to Dead Mountain, which is crazy to me. That, you know, uh, they might have wanted to translate that. <laughs> well, they knew what it meant. Mm. They're Russian. Oh, why <laughs> Why were they going so quickly? Oh, my God. I'm not going to get through this, am I? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. I'm not going to get through this topic at I'll all. I'll be good. Just keep going. Keep going. Okay. So uh, Igor is 23 years old. He assembles a team uh, to come with him. They're all friends and peers from the Ural Poly Polytechnical Institute, right? Which has mm -hmm. since been renamed. I can't remember to what. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <clears throat> uh, it's the goal is to hike from a village named Vijay and reach Otorton, which is <laughs> a, a lot mountain. of good words. I know all this. It all sounds like gibberish to me. Well, it's uh, Russian and we can't yeah. pronounce <laughs> Russian yeah. very well, clearly. So in Vijay, they bought and ate bread before the hike. They ate a bunch of bread. <laughs> um, they, uh, in order to keep their energy up. They basically yeah. carbo-loaded. Yeah, um, makes sense. It just, it makes sense, but it's <clears> funny <throat> to me that they went and they're like, we need all the bread you've got. I mean, that sounds like a great day. <laughs> it does. Um, so and to have an excuse to eat that much bread, even better. So the actual hike, um, and I feel like I, uh, so this is, I had this wrong, I guess. Uh, uh, so, no, no, no. So 
like I said, they, the, the hikers died from February 1st to 2nd. All this starts, the hike begins January 27th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, by the 28th, just one day later, one of their members already has to turn back. Uh, he's a guy uh, who is suffering from knee and joint pain, and he isn't going to make it. His name is Yuri Yudin, and he survived until April of 2013. I mean, this okay. guy, this guy. He went, dodged a real bullet. Yes. He's the only member of the expedition that had to turn back, and he was the only one that lived. Oh, jeez. Um, that has to suck. Yeah, you want to talk about, like, survivor's guilt. Yeah. Like, he presumably knew many of these people. Yeah. Um, he did know you some know of what? them well. Thank your lucky stars for that bum knee. <laughs> right. Seriously. I, I, was, I said I can't imagine what he must have thought about this. And, and it's actually, he hasn't spoken a lot on the record about it. Um, I understand that. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, from this point on, this is more or less when we can only start to piece together what likely happened to them. Mm-hmm. There are some notes that are made in a journal that is found later, right? Um, on January 31st, they arrived at the edge of a highland area and they stashed supplies there, which is interesting because they're basically putting stuff to recover when they come back. Yeah. They're leaving like, you know, caches so of food to come back to. So it's just like a round trip all total they're trying to get to their 190 miles or 300 kilometers. So yes. they're going like halfway and then coming yes. the rest of the way back. So yes. they're stashing stuff for the way back. Makes sense. Yeah. So you don't have to carry it. You're, it's not so heavy. Sure. Um, so anyway, they <clears throat> the next day, they begin their move through the mountain pass. This is, the, again, the pass that is now named after Dyatlov. Um, with the intent to camp on the other side, right? So the, they're coming between two mountains, essentially, and they're trying to camp just past on the other side of this. Okay. Um, but bad le- bad weather leads them off course. They end up going west of where they intend to go. So they're not actually quite onto the pass the way they intend to be. Um, they camp there with the hope to correct course the next day, uh, and they camp on the slope of the mountain, which is odd. Yeah. Um, this begin. This is a point of contention later about why they do this. Um, but the the more obvious thing to do would be to have camped about a mile back down the mountain, where mm-hmm. they had flat terrain, and they even had a nearby forest to provide shelter. Did they <clears throat> maybe not realize how off course they were until they were part of the way up and didn't want to go back? Or that's that's one of the theories and probably <clears throat> the most likely one. Specifically that Dyatlov himself didn't want to give up ground that they had already covered and would rather camp on the side of the mountain where they didn't have much shelter rather than sacrifice time and go backwards. Yeah. Um, But either way, they end up camping there. Um, Yuri Yudin suspected that Dyatlov didn't want to give up territory. So he's that was his theory. I'm not really sure how he would have known that, but I guess he... he if he knew him, he might just have known his personality, and if they'd hiked together before, they might have been in similar situations yeah. where... I'm sure if you're with... How many How many people? Well, it's a total of 10. Yuri is, is one of nine that are following Was it all men or was it men? No, there's two or? women. Okay. There's two women. I can imagine if you're with nine other people and mm-hmm. you're doing something difficult like that and you have, like... You have rations and stuff, but there, I mean, there's going to be debates and there's going to be yep. complications and arguments and especially about like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where's the best place to camp? Oh, we went off course. Why didn't you stop and ask for directions? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All of that. 
the thing is, it's like indisputable that camping on the side of the mountain wasn't a great idea. Yeah. Which is odd because Dyatlov was an experienced hiker. I barely leave the house and I know that sounds like a bad plan. <laughs> Just exposed on the side of a mountain with nothing to break like the, the wind that's yeah. moving down the mountain. Like like a forest would have been ideal. Mm-hmm. Something that provided some cover. Yeah. But they didn't. Um, <clears throat> anyway. So the day that they were expected to return was February 12th. More or less like 12 days after they started to move through the past. They should have been able to ascend up to their end point, come back down, and arrive back by February the 12th. Um, and, and you said that it's um, probably February 1st through 2nd that they actually died? Uh, that yeah. it's predict, you know. Somewhere between the 1st and the 2nd. Okay. So the people who were at home waiting for them mm-hmm. didn't even know anything was wrong they would have for noth- several more days. Exactly. Uh, in fact, here's the thing. The fact that they didn't return by the 12th didn't even worry people that much either. Yeah. So there was even... a big trip. It's a big trip. It's easy to become delayed. That's not out of the ordinary. Delays, hiking in the wilderness. I mean, stuff doesn't go according to a clockwork schedule, right? Yeah. But they start to get nervous as more time goes by. And by the 20th, the the rescuers are mobilized. Yeah. So now a full 19 days, 18 days afterwards, they're out looking for people. Um, and after a, a week of searching, now this is like a full week after that, on the 26th, they find the tent where they'd camped on the side of the mountain. Okay, so it happened <clears throat> then. Hmm. Like they died right then? Well, they that's where their tent was. Okay, so they just left it and marched forward? I'm getting there. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to let you talk. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, here, here, let me tell you, because this is where we're going right now. Is when they find the tent, what they're finding doesn't make sense to them. Uh, First of all, the tent was ripped apart and snowed over. Hmm. It was also ripped from the inside, which is very curious. How cold was it? It was cold. It was very cold. Uh, It was unseasonably cold. Could they have gotten like hypothermia? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more. It was determined, like I said, it was ripped apart from the inside. Their shoes and belongings were left inside the tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, in the snow. Yeah. So they, they left without their shoes, um, many of them anyway. And shoeless footprints led down the mountain back to that forest I was telling you about on the opposite side of the pass. Hmm. The place where they probably ought to have camped in the first place. Yeah. Where those footprints lead is where they find the remains of a small fire and the first of two bodies. Uh, they find the body of, and I didn't write first names, uh, Krivonoshenko and Doroshenko, 21 and 23-year-old men that were part of the party. They were found in their underwear near the remains of a fire. Uh, oddly, a nearby tree had broken branches all the way five meters up, which suggests that they'd climbed the tree. Uh, the... Initial assumption for this, the, probably the best guess, is that they were looking for the camp. They needed a higher ground to see the mm-hmm. camp. Um, three more bodies are found away from the fire, but towards the camp. Okay. So those are the bodies of Dyatlov himself, 23 years old. Uh, a woman named Kolmora, Kolmor, oh God, it's so bad at this, Kolmogorova. And uh, someone named Slobodin, a 23-year-old male. Uh they were the way their bodies are found and the way they're posed, it is assumed they're trying to return to the camp. Yeah. 
Um, but why did they go back? Yeah, right? So this if, is... If they were so opposed to going back that they camped on the side of a goddamn mountain, like on the slope of it, then yeah. why would they go back at all? It's an interesting picture. It seems to paint the idea that they cut their way out of a tent trying to get away and then were desperate to get back. How had they... How far had they left their rations? The rations that they stashed far behind? Yeah. I mean, they left those behind like a full day prior. They'd had like a day's hike. Because it was like maybe they were running out of things or something happened to their stuff and they were going back for it, but that wouldn't make sense. Not an entire day's hike, no. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going back without shoes for that. That sounds like hypothermia. Uh, So that leaves four remaining travelers that they couldn't find, right? Hmm. Um, it took them two months to find the remaining travelers. So they found all of them? Yes. Okay. So, okay, tell me about these remaining ones. These are the weirdest ones. This uh, is all weird. Yeah, this is the weirdest, though. Uh, the last four bodies were found in various states of undress. Mm-hmm. But the way that they piece it together, it seems as though the people who were surviving were taking the clothes of the people that died before them. Trying to stay warm. Makes sense. With the clothes, the people that had just... Because, like, they're basically all wearing little bits of someone else's clothes. Okay. Unless they had less because they died sooner, right? Um, the bodies... Uh, one is some someone named Thibaut Brignols, I think. Uh, the la- hyphenated last name. A 23-year-old male who had damage to his skull. Uh, a woman named Dubinina, a 20-year-old female, had major chest fractures... Her eyes were missing, and Ugh. her tongue was missing. Ugh. Um, someone named Zol- Zolotaryov, a 38-year-old male. Who was holding some eyes and a tongue. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that would explain it. It certainly would. <clears throat> uh, he had a chest fracture as well, like D- Dumanina had, uh, mm. as well as missing eyes. That's two people without eyes. And someone named Kolovatov, a 24-year-old male who had appeared to have died of hypothermia. But he wasn't missing anything. Uh, well, I probably should have took better notes. But basically, each of them are dressed in parts of each other's clothing. Uh, I don't – I didn't quite note the specific timeline of who's – who was wearing whose clothes. Well, no, I don't mean missing clothes. I mean missing body parts. Oh, he right. wasn't missing eyes or a tongue. He wasn't. And like I said, neither was Thibaut Brignols, uh, who had uh, damage to his skull, skull but but nothing to his eyes. How close were they together? Uh, relatively close. I think I noted that later, <laughs> but they were they were they were fairly close to each other. Um, I'll I'll see if we come across it. Um, but they were they were like a short walk away from where the rest of the bodies were found. It doesn't seem like an animal thing to get just the eyes and the tongue, <laughs> right? Well, and it doesn't necessarily seem like. I mean, unless I guess it was after the fact, like yeah. After they died, maybe to skip like ahead a, a little like bit, like a vulture or something. That's the theory: is that eyes and tongues are actually pretty commonly eaten by scavenging animals because they're the soft they're bits easy. you can rip get them into. out. Yeah, but like. If they're already dead and there's several of them, you'd think yeah. they would make more of a meal than just those specific parts. But I don't really know much about the eating habits of, like, scavenger birds and but whatnot. I, I will tell you, birds love tongues. This is something <laughs> I learned in this process, and it's a horrifying thought. Yeah. Birds love eating tongues. <laughs> 
weird. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I guess if it is a bird, that makes sense because they don't really have the ability to like, I don't know, it's not like a lion or something. Not that a lion would be in the mountains anyway, but I mean like it's uh, not yeah. an animal like that, like a predator like that. Mm-hmm. that they have claws and big teeth. They, they got like a beak and some yeah. talons. And they can kind of like surgically remove stuff because they have that little instrument to go in and yes. get the whole eyeball with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the here's here's another thing. The strangest part of the bone fracture injuries that I mentioned is that they showed no external signs of the kind of force that it would require to do that damage. This is a very interesting detail. So could, could they tell like if these injuries, like if the fractures happened before they died or after? I think they could tell that they happened before. Okay. They could tell that they happened before they so died and like they were involved in their death. So there's like not external, there's not like bruising or anything on no. the outside. No. That's the that's the incredible thing. It's, okay, so here, for example, it was estimated that to, to break the bones the way that they did, it would have taken the force <clears> like of a car crash to do it, like a serious impact. Okay, but what if they were so cold that their circulation was so low that there wasn't really a lot of bruising? Uh, that's interesting. No one came across this thought, and this has been researched by a lot of people. Well, it's because I'm a genius. You're you're a person with forensic background, so. I mean, I I don't know specifically how hypothermia yeah affects that. Like, if it so basically, this would be someone's research. Yeah, like that would be someone's research topic yeah. of like how does hypothermia affect right. Bruising, and that would be kind of difficult to <laughs> of an experiment to design. Yeah, you definitely have to use animals, and you would have to freeze them. Like it, it yeah. wouldn't be great. No. It'd, it'd be difficult to Pretty study, grotesque. and and possibly your college board might not deem it ethical. So right. it, yeah, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Probably a lot of the information we have about stuff like this is from observed, like yeah, case study. Yeah, kind of stuff. like when people and, are and, killed or die in certain. And I can't places. imagine there are that many specific cases of people showing up with you know internal injuries not lining up with external. This is pretty uncommon. I mean, yeah. it's part of why it's such a mystery. My best guess is that they. We're hypothermic and yeah. whatever the damage just wasn't showing as much on the outside as it should because their bodies weren't working the way they normally would. There's at least one theory, which I'll let you in on later. But they, some people think they have an idea of what actually happened here. All right. But it is, on the face of it, pretty baffling. Um, <clears throat> like I said, it's it was estimated to take uh, to break the bones like that. It would take the force akin to a car crash. Uh, the skin displayed no wounds like that. Uh, it, they they noted that it was as if they'd been subjected to an incredibly high pressure, where like okay. just like just like the kind of thing that doesn't impact the skin but just compresses the body. Oh, okay. Um. Also, another note: the families of the hikers noted in the days that followed that the bodies had taken on an orange appearance, and their hair had gone white. Uh, which is weird. This has been attributed to natural mummification out in the elements. Okay. This kind of thing that just happens in the cold. Yeah. It's still an upsetting thought, but. Oh, yeah. But the, it's been attributed to like a natural process of mummification. Okay. Uh, well, that makes sense. <clears throat> so to move on, theory time. This is most of my talk on this is the theory about what happened, right? Because what happened, what we do know happened and the way that we people were found is like pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, the things, the, the gaps are really what makes this an enduring mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us. Bubba's interested. I can see that. Um, 
So I said initially this was investigated as a crime because of the grotesque nature of a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and having each other clothes and people in various states and various places. The I tent get that. being cut open seemed yeah. to suggest maybe a struggle. Yeah. Um, so it just so happens that nearby there's an indigenous people named the Mansi people, which live nearby. They still mm-hmm. exist today. Uh, they constitute about 12,269 people in Russia. And it was theorized that they may have attacked the hikers for encroaching onto their territory. But I want to be real quick about this one. That was ruled out as impossible. Okay. Um, this is impossible because there were no other sets of footprints that were found nearby that suggested anyone else was present. And it was clear that the hikers' footprints uh, you know, displayed that they left the tent of their own accord. Like, they didn't run. Mm-hmm. They walked calmly out of the tent. <laughs> which, in their bare feet. In their bare feet, which is weird. Which is weird that they had bare feet. Oh, my goodness. They're people. (laughs) You hate me so much. Right now, a little bit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I made you eat cheese on pie, and now I'm doing this. Bare feet. In my defense, you signed up for this. Yep, I did. (laughs) I did. Um, Anyway, so here's the first theory. Avalanche. Okay. Uh, It's a popular theory. It was an early theory. Uh, it posits that the group woke up in a panic and cut their way out of the tent, either because an avalanche had covered part of their tent or, or because one was it. imminent. Right. Yeah. Um, this explains why the tent was cut for one. Mm-hmm. It would explain why they were barely clothed uh, because they felt like they had to get out of there. Oh, OK. Um, it would explain. Um, I don't know. I'm sleeping with all my clothes on out in the wilderness in a tent, though. Yeah, that is odd, isn't it? Like, I'm not taking my shoes off to sleep. I'll deal with the discomfort. Yeah, it's odd. I, I can't imagine if I'm out there that my that I that I get down to my underwear and get in a sleeping bag. Right. I'm keeping it all on. But you somehow have your clothes on you for other people to have later. Although it's worth thinking about the fact that, like, you're probably, those clothes are probably soaked. True. You know? Maybe they did take them off because they were wet. Yeah. But why would you carry if you're in that much of a panic that you cut your way out of a tent? Yeah. Then they also grab all of their wet clothes and carry them with them. The theory of the avalanche thing is that they didn't think they had time. No, I mean, they had to have carried their clothes with them because then other people were wearing them later. Some people were. Not all of them. But some people were wearing other people's clothes. Everyone except for those last four were basically naked. Or in their underwear. Not naked. Yeah, but, but those last four were presumably wearing some of the clothes of the other ones. Yes. Yes. So they had to have had some of their clothes. Someone did. <laughs> Someone had some. This is becoming like a who's on first <laughs> weird go around. Let's just continue. Right. Um, uh, basically, with this theory, they you know, they go down to the woods to avoid the snow and the avalanche. Some of them make a fire. They Some of them try to go back to return to the tent for their belongings, but ultimately it's too cold for them to survive and they die on the way. Um, but what this, about the injuries, physical injuries? <clears throat> that theory uh, is that the, the bone fractures on three of the bodies were caused by the impact and high pressure of an avalanche. Is there a pressure change on an avalanche? Well, you're being impacted with a high volume of snow, right? So the idea is like you get hit, covered up, rolled down the mountain. But I feel like that would leave physical wounds. I think so, too. Also, the area showed no signs of an avalanche. 
Okay. And, and they were out there basically a couple weeks later, you know, like three weeks later. Uh, you would think that the, no avalanche con- conditions apparently, ac- according to people who refute this, that have ever been seen in this location. Okay. Uh, the slope of the area also almost definitely would make the avalanche go the other way instead of towards them. Where they All were right. camped, the avalanche wouldn't roll towards them as a theory. Have they considered that there was a cartoon character with a large boulder? That's a possibility. Like a coyote that yeah. dropped it off the top of a mountain and it just rolled yeah. down and flattened or everybody. Or even like an anvil with acme <laughs> written on it. Uh, no. I don't think I don't think the Russians thought of this. Oh, they don't. That's a shame. They don't get the Cartoon Network. Oh, well, that <clears> makes <throat> sense. Here's a really weird theory: something called catabatic wind. You ever heard of this? I have not, but I like the word. It's fun to say catabatic. Catabatic. Uh, it, it sounds like cat acrobatics. It does, and I'm into it. Catacrobatics. Catacrobatics. Um. This is a really rare wind behavior uh, that some people think might have been responsible for what happened. Basically, what happens is cold air on top of like a plateau descends violently at crazy high speeds um, because it's so cold and it comes off and it rolls down and it basically accelerates. It could drop. It could fall at speeds of up to 190 miles an hour. It's like a really strange. <clears throat> like basically like, like a hurricane caused by cold air. Okay. Uh, if this happened, and again, it's a rare thing, but it does happen. If it happened here, the theory stands that the tent would have been completely uninhabitable, wind everywhere, all over the place. Hikers would have covered it with snow to weigh it down, which would explain why part of the tent was covered in snow. Mm-hmm. Um, just to settle it down so it didn't blow away. Which, that's consistent with the state of the tent, but it doesn't really explain the, the fact that the tent was cut open. Well, maybe they realized it was still uninhabitable. <clears throat> it got too rough, and it got to the point where they, maybe they couldn't unzip it because there's too much wind, or yeah. maybe they thought it was imminent, so they cut their way out. Sure. I could go with it. Yeah, some of the other, some of the stuff that makes this consistent with other <clears throat> theories works for this, too. Yeah. Here is the one that really got me. Um, Infrasound. Okay. This was the one where I stopped researching this topic completely Mm -hmm. because what I found about infrasound blew my mind. But seeing as we've covered infrasound already on this podcast, we'll come back to it here. Uh, Do you you remember what episode that was? You said like 70 or something? It would have been two episodes before this one. It was like it was episode 70. You know what? I have... Um, a whole notebook yep. that has every episode yep. for quite a while that we've done. So should be episode 70. Um, go back here. Check episode 70. Cabbage Patch Dolls. Episode 70 was actually Temple OS. Oh, OK. Um, it's in here somewhere. Further. We could continue. I'm just going to page through. That was I, I, know, I don't know what it was. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it was 68. The idea of infrasound here is, and, and I'll say, remember, uh, we covered this, but how really low frequencies at really high volumes have this horrifying panicky effect on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes people really ill at ease. Uh, we talked about the one guy who, in his lab, he had this horrible haunted feeling he couldn't quite pin down. Mm-hmm. And then he discovered that there was a vibration being caused by, like, a fan in his 
in his office that was creating ultrasonic uh, or uh, infrasonic resonance that was freaking him out, which is so weird to think about. Um, the theory here goes that the shape of the mountain created a formation known as a Carmen Vortex Street. <laughs> All right. This is <clears throat> what it is, basically. It's hard to wrap the head around. I couldn't like quite Like an amplification it. effect? It's, it's a, a fluid dynamics formation, which is made out of basically repeating vortices, and it has to do with how... That clears it right up. Basically, <laughs> what it has to do with something fluid, like wind, disperses around a blunt object in a certain way. That it's there's a visualization of it that's really cool that you can see on Wikipedia. If you look for <laughs> Carmen Vortex Street on Wikipedia, you you'll probably find that? it. K A R M A N Vortex Street. Okay. Uh, the effect is recognizable to most people, or like the most common example of it is the fluttering sound of a, of power lines, where like because of the electromagnetic resonance of the line and the air around it, there's a sort of humming generated off of that. Okay. Um, basically the theory is that wind going around the mountain would have given them physical and mental stress as it created these, these resonant frequencies, which made them leave the tent. Um, it's, it's kind of an out there theory, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's so much it doesn't explain. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, not, not really. I mean, it explains the most critical thing to understand. The only part that really doesn't make sense about most of this is the injuries to people and the leaving the tent in the first place. How does it explain the injuries? It doesn't. It doesn't. Okay, well, you just said it did. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, I'm saying it explains the most important thing, which is the tent itself. Okay. Like, why they leave the tent. Uh, it doesn't explain the secondary mystery, which I guess is probably more interesting. I, I well, how they became with injured. my background, the injuries are more interesting to me than the tent. Because mm -hmm. people do weird shit all the time. That doesn't make sense. Right. But the physical evidence not lining up with the internal evidence is, like, what yeah. makes my brain go batshit. Well, let me get to what the theory that I like the most. All right. But but just to put a fine point on it, that's why you had most of this research done, but then you ended up leaving it for a bit because yeah. you did the episode all about sound because you thought that was super cool. And that was a good episode. Infrasound blew my mind. I had yes. no idea about it. And that was already on... The list as well. I don't think it was. It was. I don't think it was. There was at least something similar on there. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so here's the theory I like the most. Military testing. <laughs> this one is intriguing. Military uh, testing is always the best theory. This theory says the campsite was within range of a test of Soviet parachute mines. Parachute mines? Parachute mines are basically... Huge explosives that are dropped by parachute and they're detonated in the area before they hit ground. They're detonated in the air, right? So they basically blow up a certain amount above ground. Um, <clears throat> the hikers in this theory uh, would have heard these explosions and evacuated the area. Mm -hmm. They would have gotten out of there when they heard this and then been unable to return in the cold and the darkness. Same as with any other theory here. Um, here's the thing. This isn't that crazy. There are documented reports of this happening in that area at that time. Okay. So what sounds kind of out there, there's evidence they were doing something like this. They were testing parachute mines in the area around that time. 
and also explains like if if it was detonated above the ground there could be enough pressure and force that it hit them and broke bones and yes. then after the fact a bird could have scavenged yes. from some of them it would explain it would definitely explain the ch- skull and chest fractures that pressure is more than enough to do that kind of damage that sounds I mean, there's a reason they're testing mines, because they can do that kind of damage. Yeah. So, I mean, that sounds... Moreover, it is known... Most likely. It is known that these these parachute mines produce injuries that are super consistent with the injuries found on the hikers. Okay. It's, it's known to cause injuries like that, that have very heavy internal damage, very little external trauma. Okay. So, as far as, like, an explanation for the injuries... This one seems pretty up there. I would never suspect like that. I my first guess is never military. Yeah, right. Testing, but also I'm not familiar with the area. You know, not familiar right. with that area in Russia. It's completely remote for one. Yeah, almost nobody lives anywhere near there. It's a very very except remote for area. those native people. But yeah, right. who cares if we military test there? They're close enough. Ugh. Um. They- <laughs> Uh, I'm not exactly sure right about where they live, but they're close enough. Yeah. And yeah, apparently they didn't. It's fine. Um, so also, uh, another thing is that people reported seeing glowing orange orbs in the sky around that general time of year, that year. Um, that would be explained by the illumination of parachutes dropping test bombs. Yeah. And Um, them exploding above the ground. Yeah. It just makes sense. Yeah. So this theory I like for those reasons. It explains mm-hmm. what is probably the most difficult to explain part of this. I, I think it explains more factors than any of those other theories explain. Yeah. Um, so oddly enough, I'm kind of already wrapping up. This is kind mm-hmm. of a short one. That's fine. We we spent a lot of time eating pie. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we had we dedicated more time to pie than average. Yeah. Uh, much more time. Just than if we have gained any more listeners for this episode, we usually don't spend that much time eating pie. I would say we spend very little, very time, little eating pie. time eating pie or Not eating no time, in general. Some time for sure. Not no time. You also usually can't hear the dog eating. Also, <laughs> that was a lot louder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Sorry about those eating sounds. Um. Yeah, I feel bad about that. Sorry. Um. So. Wrapping this thing up here. What now is what I wrote as a closer. What now? Um, the truth is this has never really properly been solved. Mm-hmm. There, no one's ever like locked this case up. Um, it's still ruled an accident, ac- accident by the Russian government. Uh, it has of never course. been treated as anything else. Of course. Um, it's not considered a possible crime. Uh, in 2015, interestingly, the investigative hmm. committee of the Russian Federation d- c- uh, confirmed to families that the avalanche is still their going theory. Of course, that's the government's <clears throat> going theory. <laughs> <laughs> but they also added some details that mostly were, I will say, long unknown to the rest of the world about this. This is probably, there's probably some room for doubt here. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if the <clears throat> Russian, at that, that time, the Soviet... Soviet? No. Were they Soviet Union? Yeah. Then? In 59? Yeah. I think God, so. I wish I was better at history. 
Because um, Berlin, that's Germany. Well, I'm an idiot. Well, I'm so, trying to like piece together when everything happened. The Soviet Union but collapsed. Cold War the, was the 80s, right? Yeah, the Soviet Union collapsed sometime in the early 90s. I want to say 91, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I don't know when they started, right? Um, either way, more or less, if the government had been responsible, they certainly wouldn't have said that. Um, they've never been that kind of a country. The Soviet Union in particular has been so, I mean, it's, it's run like a, the entire country is run like a spy organization, right? They just mm-hmm. don't convey information. They're very secretive. Always have been. wasn't a wasn't a government that you expect transparency from, right? Uh, so even <laughs> if they had been responsible, they certainly would admit it. Would not admit it even now. Um, but they added the detail that the weather that night was very harsh. Apparently, uh, out in that area there was a snowstorm, and the temperatures were below negative forty degrees Celsius. I really should have looked up what that is in Fahrenheit. I did not. Uh, what did you say it was? Negative 40 degrees Celsius. Um, I feel like, I don't know for sure. Don't worry about it. I'll find yeah. out. This is something that investigators at the time did not consider or maybe didn't know. Um, their official timeline is as follows. Okay. So they arrive and set up the tent February 1st. They set up the nine-person tent on the slope. Uh, they dig the tent in and it weakens the snow base above the tent by doing so. Right? <clears throat> so as they go to sleep or at some point Okay, weirdly. Yeah. Um negative forty degrees Celsius is negative forty degrees Fahrenheit. You know what I should have known that. I yeah. should have known that. The way that like uh what eighty five is one eighty five or something like it's, that? Or one It's negative forty degrees Celsius times the fraction nine fifths. Uh, or, or I guess nine divided by five, yeah. Um, in parentheses, plus thirty-two. So it's they're both negative forty. Okay. All right. Thanks, Kooks. Uh, so anyway, um, they they basically weakened the snow shelf by build by building the tent, and the theory goes that at some point it goes to settle in on them, and it panics the hikers, who then flee down to the forest. Um, <clears throat> they say then. Two of the group set up the campfire, but they're the first to die of hypothermia. The three that are with them attempt to come back, but they fall from exhaustion on the way. They die of hypothermia. They say the remaining four fall into a snow hole above a stream and are buried in several meters of snow. And that is how they claim that they sustained that trauma. Mm. A snow hole above a stream. I mean... Were they found in a hole? Like, were they found buried in snow? A, they were found along a stream. And the theory is that they were the above snow this. snow could have blown away. Yeah, that they, yeah, right. I mean, it was several weeks later. It could have melted. Um, a lot of things could have happened. Um, I, here's the thing. For me, it doesn't add up. I think the trauma damage was so significant the fact that there's no surface damage to the skin doesn't seem to very well explain how falling any distance could be explained with no surface injuries like that. I mean, I guess if you fall in like a bank of snow, like if it's soft enough, but it, I would still think that there'd be bruises or something. Yeah, I would too. 
I mean, I would I would have a really hard time. Okay, this winter we're going to practice. I'm going to get on the <laughs> roof. We're going to build a large pile of snow. Yeah. I'm going to jump into it, and when I die, we're going <laughs> to see if there's external wounds. I'll immediately start measuring. Don't worry. I'll, like, okay. take pictures. Well, you're going to have to wait a little bit because you're going to have to wait for the bruises to form. All right. If there are going to be bruises. Yeah. I mean, if there's going to be bruises, you're going to have bruises. You bruise. I bruise. Yeah. I like a damn peach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think, I don't think that this explains it. I think it's a very good explanation. The, the fall doesn't make sense to me. Uh, okay. So I'm torn because, like I said, I am not the kind of person who's ever like, military testing, yeah. Like, it, it feels wrong. It feels too... Well, it feels like a gut conspiracy kind of instinct. It feels too much like a conspiracy. Sure. But there's also that... Is it Occam's Razor? Yeah. The the simplest theory. Yeah, the simplest explanation is usually the correct. Is one. usually the correct one, and I feel like the military explanation is the most feasible as far as explaining all of that. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I mean, I see that other theory kind of. Mm-hmm. I it's all up in the air because none of us are experts and none of us know what effects those types of trauma have on the body, except for the the bombs that have been shown to have that kind of effect. Right. We don't know that about falling into snow above a stream. Yeah. Like... But, like, I feel like, barring the effects of hypothermia, most falls will produce pretty considerable exterior bruising and injuries. Yeah. So the real thing is, was hypothermia a factor? That's the only yeah. part to me that makes this any different than anything else. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe and, and maybe that's the case. And so it, in case we didn't explain earlier, I don't think we really put a fine point on it, but when you get hypothermia, you have an opposite effect. You actually feel hot. Yeah, and we, so, we should have mentioned that. Yeah, for so people oftentimes who you, you strip because you feel hot. Yeah. But... but that's your skin dying because your nerves yeah. dying. <laughs> also, though... I would think experienced hikers would know the signs of hypothermia. Uh, I would yeah. maybe be more aware and be like, okay, I think that I'm hot, but I'm really not. But you are also yeah. probably not in your right state of mind, especially if you're panicking for another reason also. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It seems odd, especially at least it, Dyatlov, who again was fairly experienced. It seems odd. He was among the people found in you know his underwear. And it it's doesn't just, explain that theory. What was their theory again specifically? Was the bad weather? Yeah, well, the, the, the avalanche. Their theory is there was a significant snowstorm. It was very cold. They went up the mountain and pitched like on the side of the mountain, weakening the snow shelf so that when they went to lay down or fall asleep or at some point in the night, everything slid and shifted because they'd weakened that. Okay. Snow. So in their theory, they cut themselves out of the tent because because it became of that. partially covered by an avalanche, and maybe the front was still accessible or open, and they could cut their way through and get out that way, but not out the back of the sides. Okay. Not impossible. Yeah. The fact that the tent is cut is really very. I mean, it does. It seems to speak to some <clears throat> emergency. Yeah. Because it's presumably their only nine-person tent. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they might even yeah. have some individual tents, but it, it's their only nine person tent. So they wouldn't sacrifice that unless it was like an immediate decision. Yeah. And maybe they thought they could, you know, well, who knows? 
I, I, it seems like the kind of thing that you, it's a spur of the moment decision to cut through the tent to get the fuck out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, in my ultimate conclusion to this, after having read all this, I sort of, I, I don't really have a good answer on what I think happened. I found some things convincing here and I don't think like the question of like a Soviet or Russian cover up of what actually happened Sounds like a conspiracy thing. It's not that uncommon in Russia. Yeah. That's the way that they operated for a long, long time. In fact, I, okay, so I just recently finished watching the Chernobyl documentary. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found interesting, I hadn't considered this angle. It's like, why were the Soviets so damned secretive about everything? Mm-hmm. And maybe it was even explained to me in the past and I'd forgotten about this. But the the interesting angle is that the Soviet Union existed to be a proof of the paradise of, you know, like like communism. Yeah. Like, like how great it could be. If people all pulled together towards a common goal, got in line and like acted like one functioning, you know, hive mind, right? Yeah. And in order to keep that idea valid and legitimate, there can't be problems. There in can't order, be failures. In order to keep the status quo, in order to keep some people <clears throat> okay with doing shitty jobs that they're told they have to do yeah. and standing in line and waiting for their portion that's supposedly evenly supposedly evenly split. Among everyone, yeah. you need to think you're living the dream. Yes. And if there are serious problems, you are not living the dream. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that a government that is built on, a, you know, like a utopia, people exactly. being happy and having everything they could want aside from making some small sacrifices for the greater whole. Yeah. If the greater whole isn't great. What the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Like, it, they, there just can't be problems. Like, it cannot be afforded for there to be problems. Yes. And, and so, there will always be problems. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> People are involved. There you go. Problems. Exactly. No system of anything is perfect enough to avoid, like, you yeah. know, getting egg on its face every now and then. Yeah. Um. So that's why I think it's not impossible and even likely that if something like that happened, we never know about it to begin with. So it does open this, like... Speculation, and and I know like it it feels weird, especially for this podcast to <laughs> yeah to err on the side of like you know it's a cover up, but our government has done this shit too. Like there yeah, right. is stuff that our government has hidden yes. or like not been full like given full disclosure on. Yeah, so it it's like any government has. Their secrets. Yeah, <laughs> they're right. things that they're not upfront about. I don't believe that any major power has a government that has never betrayed or hidden things from its people. I would agree. Like there's at least something. Yeah. So it's not out of the question. I think it's more naive to think that a government, especially one known for being kind of secretive about yeah. things and not being you know, having full disclosure with its people would would not do something like that. Yeah. It's more naive to not consider it yeah. than to consider it. But that said, I'm not coming down on the side that that's what happened. I really think it's it's uh, it's very, very hard to pin down. We will probably never know, as I said at yeah. the beginning. But I just think it's worth considering that that is not an invalid option. Uh, it's not that far out. Uh, and there's some circumstantial evidence to suggest that that could be what happened or something like that could have been involved. So. Unless someone dies in a very, very similar way with very similar wounds in very similar circumstances and we somehow know more details about it. Yeah. 
that's the only way we would be able to even piece it together a little more. Yeah. I think those last two theories are the strongest. Yeah. For sure. And guys, if you're in that situation and you're about to die in a real fucking crazy way, write it down. Send us an email. Send us an email <laughs> while you're At being Goose crushed Chase. by the weight of several tons of snow. Goose Chase Podcast at gmail.com if you're dying of hypothermia. It's real quick to type. It's not long at all. <laughs> That's dark. Maybe just send us an email now in advance so that when you go to email us later, it's right there in your Gmail. Put it in your draft. You know, yeah, it's in your draft. You just say, Goose Chase Podcast, I am about to die of, just set it all up and yeah. then go back to the draft and finish it. If we ever get one of those emails, I'll feel really oh bad. Oh, my God. Yes. We yes. Should, we shouldn't joke about stuff like no, that. No, we don't. Don't email us if you're dying. Call, Call some kind of else. authority. What are you doing? Uh, so anyway, that's it. That's the Dyatlov Pass incident. Um, I'm certain that there are more theories. Those are the most popular ones. I'm certain people have more ideas. I'm yeah. certain some people out there are dead set convinced that it was aliens and every other oh, kind yes. of bizarre thing. A lot of people have a lot of ideas. Yeah. Yes, including they do. us. But yeah, I don't think we'll ever know. And that's that's kind of that's kind of how it ends. Um, the world may never know. Speculate wildly because yes. it doesn't matter. Uh, that's our new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it. That's a, that's another episode. Um, thank you for listening, as always. Um, gosh, we are running low on the list of topics here. Yeah, please so give us some topics. We got one uh, just the other day from Laura. I don't know if you realize we got one from Laura the other day. I don't think so. Uh, was it I, an email? Yes, it was. In, it was in our Gmail, and I thought it was really interesting. So, uh, Laura, if you're interesting, or if, if, you're, if you're interesting, <laughs> Laura, if you're, if you're interesting. interesting, Laura, if you're listening, that is very interesting to me. I uh, I do think I'll, we'll I'll end up covering it. I'll go read the it. email in a minute. Um. But uh, anyway, yes. So thank you once again for listening to Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Send us an email, leave us a comment, and we will see you in another week with another episode. Unless I have another weird emergency and need to go to the doctor. Yes. Unless your <laughs> uterus explodes, we'll see you in a week. Hey, I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 